look, you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's Saturday morning. It's time for some coffee, crepes, leadership, and pancakes. And I'm joined today with uh, two of my brothers, mentors, peers. Um, that you know, we got Leonard in the top left, and we got Matt in the top right. And uh, we may have one or two more people joining us. But um, man, it, you know, it's it's. Uh, I started off a little bit different today because. Man, we be having so much good conversation in the background. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes we miss, um, you guys miss some of the good nuggets that are dropped in that background conversation. And so today we'll be talking about five things that high-performing teams do and do differently. And so I said in my mind when I was going through this, I was like, man, this is a perfect you know, opportunity for just some of that background talk. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we are communicating throughout the week on stuff that uh, leaders may have questions about. Um, things that I might not understand, but somebody else in our group may understand. And so, it's an opportunity for us to really show that iron sharpens iron. And just because you're not you don't have the same level of understanding on one topic. You may have a higher level on another topic that is as valuable as the stuff that you need help with. Um, and that's what I really enjoyed. And that's why I wanted to just open up a little bit different today. Uh, because, look, look, was it uh, yesterday, uh, Lenar hit me up. And he was just checking to see, like, hey, man, you good? <laughs> the world is getting crazy out there. What the heck? I just had to call and check on somebody, so he called and checked on me just to make sure that I was good, and I didn't even know what he was talking about, and then as soon as we got off the phone, I go and check, and sure enough, man, I, I turn the TV on, and it is madness out there, everywhere, I mean, people getting hit in heads with hammers, uh, cops beating people that's surely, surely... <laughs> giving themselves up i'm down i'm down how much further down do i get and i'm not making light of the situation but i'm just trying to point to the fact that it's so it's so awesome when you have people in your circle um that you come to their mind to reach out and check on them so i appreciate that uh i always say i try to say lenard but if y'all don't know this, this is one of my old first sergeants and he'll always be top <laughs> so look it's just one of those things, man. Once you earn that that respect, and the soldiers love you, and they and and, and they take ownership of you, that's who you are. Um, and uh, you know, I do respect the fact that you know you are uh, Leonard Bookman now, Mister Bookman. But you always be top. So. But you, but. I wish you had that video so we could pull it up. Matt, look, uh, you know, we talk about leaders and, you know, the way that we make our teams. And this is article, five things high-performing teams do differently. And it's great that you're on, Lenard, because, look, every time we would have our group meeting, so the way that the VETCOM is structured, it's a little bit different. So it was more like he was at the battalion level and we were at the company levels. And so whenever we would have our, like, massive competitions or whatever, um, I knew, just based on my, my 
interaction with him, he's going to challenge all of his, you know, section leaders, his branch NCYCs, his platoon sergeants, or if you look at it, the first sergeants of that little region, right? And uh, I was like, I used to look forward to it. I was like, he's going he gonna to challenge us, <laughs> whatever it is. And it was always, it, most of the times, it was something physical. So he had this thing with obstacle courses. <laughs> he loved them obstacle courses. I mean, like how you were you were well into your career when you went and challenged the EFMB. And for those that don't know, what we're talking about EFMB. It's the Expert Film Medical Badge. It is the badge for the medical community in the United States Army. Um, if you're in the medical community and you don't have it or you haven't at least challenged it a couple times, you're kind of frowned upon. Um, you know, it, it, and I'm sad to say, but it is. It is, you know, even if you're an x-ray tech or a, you know, food safety guy, <laughs> you're in the medical field, you got that medical patch, as y'all can see in my background, it's all kind of medical stuff. And if you don't have the, pat, the badge, it's kind of frowned upon. So you did it late in your career, right, Lamar? Best medic? Okay. And now this was before. Right. Exactly. My point exactly. You were you were at least at what 19, 18, 19, 20 year at that point. <laughs> now, just I'll just say for all of you leaders out there, you know I'm just saying. Look, so your your senior leader or your senior enlisted advisor or whatever you want to you want to somebody that's over you who is has could could sway the way things are going in your career can help you can hurt you in a lot of cases if they're not doing the right things right um they come in they're leading from example how much pressure does that put on you to show up <laughs> right because if, if you're if you're the, if you're a leader if you're a senior leader and your senior leader is more active in your soldiers, with your soldiers, you know, just involved. And they're seeing that this is what right look like. And then they look at you like. <laughs> you got to, hey, what's, so you going to let first sergeant go up there and do the obstacle course? You not going to try? <laughs> And so that's, I really did appreciate it, man. You know, whenever we got a chance to get together, it was awesome. Um, before I get into the article, I'm going to share another one because, you know, this is this is my first sergeant. Uh, Matt, check this out. Um, so, again, we're stretched out over California. So you were in Southern Cal, San Diego, right, Todd? Um, I was in Central California. That was my area. So I had a, a large area of responsibility in Central California. Um, going all the way up towards the Travis area where Travis Ranch took over. And uh, I get a phone call 
and uh, he said, hey man, what you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm in the office top, you know. He said, come outside. <laughs> he done rode his dag on motorcycle from San Diego all the way up to Lemoore and was headed all the way up to, what, San Francisco, right? Just popping in. Just popping in, saying, what's up? How y'all doing? What's going on? Where your bike at? I'm like, I didn't ride the bike today. Had I known I was, you was riding, I would have rode the bike, man. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's just, when you have leaders that could just, I mean, so it, I could have saw it two different ways. I could have been like, dang, he's checking in on me. Why, why you, why you, why you doing whatever? But because of the relationship we had built, um, and just that connectivity, like just the random, you know, he'll, he'll send us stuff, uh, and mind you, if we were wrong, he still chopped us up. But the way he did it, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like demeaning or anything like that. It was like, come on, man. <laughs> that's right. So you know, that's that's just you know, I'm I'm glad to have you on today. It was a perfect uh, perfect topic. Uh, to open up with and so yeah everybody that's joining us thank you guys for coming out uh hanging out with us for coffee crepes leadership and pancakes today we're talking about five things that high performing teams do differently uh so far we got jewel junkies popping up appreciate you coming on jewel junkie that's the boss uh if you see she's over in the top right hand corner and uh that's my sponsor as well <laughs> Uh, and she will be going live again pretty soon so all those people that's been asking out there yes she will be back up and running doing her thing uh with the fiercely favorite bling boxes where they add style to your smile five dollars at a time um everybody else while you're out there you like that advertisement <laughs> and it's a sponsor i gotta shout them out uh so uh for everybody else out there man drop a, a comment in the chat box, let us know where you're watching from. Um, get a chance, smash that like, comment, and subscribe button. Uh, if you missed any of the shows, uh, at the end, they'll pop up in all these different places. Y'all know how it is. I haven't figured out how to do that, make them pop up while I'm live. But at the end, it'll pop up. And uh, you can watch some other shows. Uh, leave us some comments. Let us know where you're watching from. We appreciate you. Okay, so today's article is coming from the HBR. And it's uh, focused on collaboration in teams. And it was written by Ron Friedman. Uh, it's called Five Things That High-Performing Teams Do Differently. Um, hey, you know what? Technology's kind of jacked up. So if you guys, if I if, if I go out or if you don't hear me, y'all can hear me, right? Okay, good. So my, my viewers out there, let me know that y'all can hear me. Let me know if you can hear me. <laughs> there was a show that I did and the only thing they could hear was my guest. <laughs> so my lips are just doing this they don't know what I'm saying so please let me know so we don't go through a whole show um and I'm muted all right we're jumping into this thing all right gentlemen okay so when it comes to building extraordinary workplaces and high performing teams researchers have long appreciated that three psychological needs are essential autonomy competence and relatedness decades of research demonstrates that when people feel psychologically fulfilled they tend to be healthier happier and more productive facts in my opinion as facts of those three essential needs relatedness or the desire to feel connected to others 
has always been the trickiest for organizations to cultivate. Yes, it's one thing to attract talented employees, but how exactly do you get them to like each other? COVID has made fostering relatedness all the more difficult. While working from home has been a boom for autonomy, empowering many to decide when and where they work, a lack of physical proximity to colleagues has made it exponentially more challenging to create close personal bonds. We're going to drop a pin right there and spin our wheels a little bit. What you got on this one, Matt? back on that mat and that um, when you first come in what do they do they create a common enemy and so you know it's like you have to in basic training army basic training I say um, they make you hate hate them the drill sergeant they make you hate them with the common goal of graduating sticking together to graduate it don't matter what you do when you first come in right that first two weeks or three weeks everything you do is wrong and, and if you don't do it together and you're not in sync it's wrong and even if it is the first couple weeks is wrong so that makes you link up and become even closer to that battle buddy so uh it merges you to that person or those people that surround you even if they're from different places different or it forces you to learn this person right and sometimes they battle buddied you up with somebody that was completely from a different place different perspective i hear so many times when i was in that um i had never seen black people before in real life i had never been around white people before in my whole life i had never seen or actually uh experienced like an asian person your accent is crazy you know it's like but these people leave that organization that that uh, experience it's closer than they've ever been to anybody else because 
the experience that they went through. And I think that's what the military do if they can get past those things that you spoke about, Matt. What you got on this, Lenard? And welcome, Joe. Welcome, Joe. <laughs> you gotta cut that sling load. You gotta cut the sling load. <laughs> That's right. What's up, Joe? What you got, Joe? What's up, my brother? How you doing? man you out there you doing it hey hey you know what that they got the, they got the right person doing it though right definitely the uh, a man of integrity uh a man of god that's not gonna go into there and be swayed one way or the other you're gonna see what's going on and you're gonna take an honest assessment and uh you're gonna do and represent the ig and the army well so so it was basically we were talking about uh so it's the five things that um high performing teams do differently and right now they were talking uh matt was talking about how one of the things that really hurt is when you come in and you say uh i'm i'm here i'm not here to be friends and so when they take that literal, they they miss the opportunity to create that bond. So and and I was just saying how my first sergeant, Lenard, how he he was he was really good at doing that and it helped us. For me, it was a challenge. Like 
if he's doing it one way and it's working well and and I'm not engaged, then it's gonna look bad on me because my soldiers are looking at like, hey, this is a good leader right here. <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? You you're absent. <laughs> You come in, you close your door, and you're, and that's all I see. I get these negative emails, and then you tell me, like Matt said, you can come and talk to me. But I'm not there when I'm not there to create that relationship. So that's that's kind of like where it was. And uh, to summarize it. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's actually something that we've been working on. of others training. Yes. Yes. I remember that training all the time. Every week.
right. That's right. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> of your time is de- is is spent dealing with 10% of your population. <laughs> so so leaders, you have to and, and don't think that because we're saying military, we're just utilizing military because that was our organization, that was our um our tool and that's what we grew up in. Um this is in all organizations. Okay? It 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 it's not I want to be like a hundred percent that this is always, but if you go into any organization, I can almost guarantee you that majority of them are going to have that same 90-10 rule, right? It's going to be that you're going to spend all your, most of your time dealing with problems. So that means you have to be more intentional about dealing with that 90% of your population that's not getting into trouble, that's not doing these things. And that's why it's so important for you to understand how high-performing teams, what they do differently. And and it's not going to be perfect. It's not, right? It's not going to be perfect. But what you can do is uh, you can practice perfecting your art and your craft. That way, when you are dealing with that 10% of your population majority of your time, the other 90% don't feel neglected. So, on that, let, go ahead. <laughs> if it could be five day, that'll work too. And 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 it does. I mean, it does. Some of those, some of that percentage, they they just needed somebody that cared. They had a bad experience with a leader before. And if you're a hands-on leader, you bringing them in and talking to them can can solve some of that problem. I mean, Joe, you was talking about a, a senior leader that didn't know the basis of being a senior leader. I was, we were in the organization together where a senior leader promoted themselves outside the scope of their ability to lead. What does that mean? That means that you were good at this level. So they promoted you up. You were pretty good at that level. So they said, let's promote you again. But you were not ready. And and you probably never would have been ready because they didn't do talent management. They just said, oh, you're good here. Let's move you up. They didn't see if you could even, you know, function in that environment. And so you got to understand and be able to tap into your different resources, your battle buddies and all these people and say, hey, look, I'm having this issue because somebody else had that issue and they may be able to tell you, hey, I had a soldier like that, sit down and talk to him. And then you talk to him, show them that you are sincerely asking and they may turn around. 
Like Joe, when that soldier, when that senior leader, I think this is your last unit. I don't want to point anybody out. <laughs> but when that senior leader told you that and you told them, they had that deer in the headlights like, what? Right? It was like, we supposed to do that? <laughs> I can go and talk to the first sergeant. Oh, no. Oh, you. I can talk to Sergeant Major? Yes, you you should be talking to Sergeant Major if you have, you're the first sergeant, you should be talking to your senior leader if you're having issues. I was running. Yes. We're talking about it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Mr. IG. Yes. <laughs> so, for those of you out there listening, again, we're talking about five things that high performing teams do differently. And if you know somebody that needs to be hearing the conversation, man, go ahead and tag them, bring them on in. You can always catch up, uh, drop a comment, let us know where you're watching from. And we're going to push forward. We dropped our pen and spent our wheels on that one pretty good. All right, so new research suggests that the highest performing teams have found subtle ways of leveraging social connections during the pandemic to fuel their success. The findings offer important clues on ways any organization can foster greater connected, correct, connectedness, even within a remote or hybrid work setting to engineer higher performing teams. Over the summer, my team at Ignite 80, that's the gentleman writing, partnered with the communication software company Front to survey uh, 1,106 U.S.-based office workers. I wonder how many of those office workers were military. Hmm. Our goal was simple, to determine what high-performing teams do differently, because I'm sure some of the military has high-performing teams, but I don't think that there was many of them that were surveyed, but we shall push forward. Uh, to identify members of high-performing teams, we had respondents rate their team's effectiveness and, two, compare their team's performance to other teams in their industry. Workers who scored their teams a 10 out of 10 on both items were designated members of high-performing teams, allowing us to compare their behaviors against everyone else's. And I was, while I was reading this earlier in the week, I was thinking, how biased were they? Right?
can see that. That makes sense. Um, I still wonder. <laughs> so what do high-performing teams do differently? Our study revealed five key differences, all of which highlighted the vital role of close connection amongst colleagues as a driver of team performance. Okay, so high-performing teams are not afraid to pick up the phone. Well, we all agree that picking up the phone is, uh, you, you're on mute, Leonard. Matt.
right. How dare he say that to me like that? <laughs> I go to you Joe uh one thing that I, I, I like that you said was when you were talking about hey um you uh you call me anytime you want and I think that one way one and they don't call I think one of the things that that we can do once we say that hey open door uh policy but I think it helps when you call too you know what I mean the leader if you call and there's nothing wrong there's there's no nothing you just calling. But hey, what's going on? Everything good down there? I'm just checking on y'all. You need anything from me? I'm going to be out of the office for a while. And they're like, they're on the other end like, oh, you're just calling? Uh, none of my soldiers or none of my people did anything wrong? <laughs> no, I'm. everything's great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. See, now that would have went different definitely if it would have been an email, right? Or a text message. Because then they're, 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 they're projecting everything like you said from that day into that text but to be like man micromanaging me blah 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 versus you hearing that person saying hey look one there was an open door you can call me anytime oh and they're calling me and they're just asking is everything okay and letting me know because you also hear this you check down not up right right yeah Like, what's going on? How you doing? You be like. <laughs> Did I miss a meeting, Sergeant Major? Now, Major Rodriguez, uh, when 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 we were the command team, and he would be like, "Hey, hey, top, let's go." And so I'm like, "Where are we going?" We would walk through every office and shake hands like he was he was uh he was going for office, like he was politicking for office. But he just walk in if they had babies, he would have kissed the babies. I'm telling you. And he would just be like, "Hey, how you doing? How's everything?" And I'm just like, I'm watching him, and I'm like, "Wow, we literally do this every day." kicking people out of the office and every morning he's doing it and he's checking on everybody and it you know initially you'll be like okay working that battalion right he comes into the office and he does this i'm like he's up to something but then when i'm i become his battle buddy and i'm walking through and i'm watching him do this consistently he's dragging me out of the office to go and do it i say this leader right here this is this is you know he's sincere he's doing it from his heart even though we had the issues we had he still made time to say hey top let's go we got to go and, 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 and check on everybody 
and, and speak. So we walk all the way over the battalion, walk through, kicking people out of the office, checking, see, kissing babies. <laughs> be like, mm, look at that baby. Mm, look at her. All right, now, y'all get on up out of this office. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Joe, man. I, I, I knew I said I was going to go a little bit, but I, I, I didn't want to steal too much thunder. Go ahead.
Yes, application, application. So while telephone calls are becoming increasingly less common in the workplace in general, facts, that's not the case among high-performing teams. Our research found that they tend to communicate more frequently in general and are significantly more likely to communicate with colleagues using the telephone than their successful peers. Uh, so it's 10 versus six calls per day on average. Um, this makes sense. Recent studies have found that while most people anticipate that phone calls would be awkward and uncomfortable, that's a misinterpretation, misperception. Not only are phone calls more no more awkward in practice, they also tend to strengthen relationships and prevent misunderstanding, contributing to more fruitful interactions amongst teammates. Uh, Matt, you got a note right there. You want to add it? to give the opportunity for active listening <laughs> don't just do this right actively listening that means don't just start processing what you're going to say next listen for what they have to say based on what you said um yeah so moving forward high performing teams are more strategic with their meetings oh my god how many people just love to have meetings right it's no secret that poorly run meetings contribute to employee dissatisfaction. Facts drain cognitive bandwidth and cost organizations billions. The findings indicate that high-performing teams avoid the common pitfalls of poorly run meetings by incorporating practices shown to foster more productive gatherings. Specifically, they are significantly more likely to require pre-work from participants, 39% more likely, introduce an agenda, 26% more likely, and begin with a check-in that keeps team members apprised of one another's progress, 55% more likely. By ensuring that time together is both efficient and collaborative, high-performing teams don't just make better use of their meetings, they also set the stage for more fruitful interactions contributing to better relationships. So before we move past that topic, I want to say that even though these are really great, it is awesome when you have those individuals that are not as engaged with their organizations and you have those big meetings and they get, it's a comedy show that happens because <laughs> they're not prepared to present. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you got the Sergeant Major, the corner, the Colonel or some general or somebody up there that's chewing everybody up. And you know it's about to be a show. It's like, oh yes. Now, I don't want to uh, make a light of that situation. It does help when you have <laughs> all of those things that are put out there, agendas, all these things. And if you have any type of structure, most of the times they do send out an agenda. Most of the times, you know, 
Now, if, you, if it's being used is another thing, right? So leaders, you got to make sure if you push it out, use it. Um, if you're going to say, hey, look, we're going to try this, try it. Don't just say it. Don't just talk because then people will stop listening. Um, I'm going to go around the room. You got anything on this, Lenard? What you got, Joe? tap dancing
look, real quick before you jump in, Matt. How important, how, how much more effective was it when we got called to the front on Motor Pool Mondays and the question was, do y'all need anything from me? All right, go back to your units versus the units looking for us to come out of the formation because we've been over there for an hour. It is nothing wrong with that, right? If that's what we had to do, if that was actual business, but I wonder, yes, I appreciated it. Shout out to Sergeant Major Gonzalez coming in and changing that swiftly. Hey, look, I know your time is important. I know your, I can see your units looking over here waiting for guidance and direction, even though you may have given it to them. Go, go be with your units. That, absolutely, hands down. Uh, yes, important, important. Understand your people's time is important. Leaders, what you got, Matt? that Matt and, and I remember how impressed I was when we were at the brigade level and um, the commander was asking detailed questions about things that the person didn't brief and it was like wow you know about that or he was asking about the, the LMTV that got flipped and was damaged and it's been sitting for ever and we already did the paperwork and he's asking about this that was we had stopped putting it on the paperwork because we thought it was done and he's asking about this because he's done we did our part by putting in the stuff and he's literally tracking this and he's like okay i don't see it anymore what is what's the status on it are you guys okay and so that showed us that he's really looking at this paperwork we're not just filling out stuff just to fill it out he's actually looking at it He's assessing it, 
and he wants to know how can I help you get better or fix this situation versus we're just taking up your time and I need to hear everybody talk and I'm going to see how well you breathe. Um, so leaders, if you're out there, man, understand that it's important to go both ways. If you're at one level, understand what your, what your requirements are and why it's important. And if you're at the higher or lower levels, understand what yours are. Okay. So high performing teams. And uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Colonel McFarlane used to ask this. He'd be like, all right, what about this? X, Y, Z, what is this? show man be like come on in jake <laughs> hey look so i'm gonna go back just a little bit and i'm gonna say it is i'm gonna fall back on this one it is thoroughly funny and and comical because you know our time is precious but if i have to be here i do appreciate those ones that are not prepared <laughs> i'm like hey somebody gotta fall on this sword if we gotta be here go ahead and entertain me Tap dance, buddy. Tap dance. I'm going to say it again. High-performing teams invest time bonding over non-work topics. So, uh, we, y'all heard us joking, and then we are joking. You know, it is fun, but we are joking. Um, but on the outside of work and all these things, the thing that builds that work relationship is the outside stuff. Like, first sergeant, my, my first sergeant, Mr. Lennard Bookman, top, uh, I didn't know who he was. I mean, I knew I heard his name, you know, Vet Services, Metcom is small, but it's large at the same time, right? Um, I heard of him, but then when he got to the unit, 
and then he had a, a Hayabusa, I had a Hayabusa, and I was like, he was like, you're not a real rider, though. <laughs> you don't ride. I'm like, okay. And I found out that this guy rides like he's legit ride. And then it was like, we built that relationship. Like he, he, he found something that we were, uh, we, we had common ground on and he was definitely was a mentor for me. And I found out how passionate he was when they said that we, because we rode mo motorcycles, look, watch this. When they said we rode motorcycles, we were, we were, uh, highly, uh, what is it? Highly, we were, uh, dangerous to ourselves. He was so passionate about that thing. He was like, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like we are more safe. We're safer drivers than the other people. What are you talking about? I'm a high risk. High risk, that's what's it. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. The, I'm on the same meeting. I'm like this. I'm like, yeah, man, that's that's my first sergeant right there. I ain't no high risk because I ride. Now, I know what they're saying. Those young service members that go out and get on the bike and they decide to jump right in. Never rode before. Probably never rode a bicycle before. And they get out there and they get a 1,000 cc and up. It's a death warrant, right? Because they're not mature. They're not 100%, right? It's not 100%. But statistically, most of the times, it's a young service member, a young person in general that get a bike and they go out there and they don't know the speed. They don't respect the bike, okay? Um, but for those seasoned people who are out there, you're probably safe. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Building that relationship outside of the office. And um, Lennar was talking about it earlier. He said he, if his soldiers were in the club, he would find himself in the same club. And you know what? What does that do? Some people be like, oh no, I'm not going to be in the club with my soldiers. If you're in a training environment, I see you, I hear you. Yes. But let's say you're in Korea. Let's say you're in these other places where you know your soldiers are going to be out clubbing. Now, if they see their senior leaders out in those clubs, maintaining the same values that they're telling you, they're going to see what right looks like. You can go and have fun, but this is what right looks like. And oh, by the way, you have a curfew. Okay, we're going to make sure they're making sure you get back on time so that they don't have to be on the other side of that, that Lennar was talking about. Well, he got to cut swing low <laughs> and he got to wrap you up because I used to say I got to take care of my soldiers and I got to take care of my soldiers so I would rather take care of you before I have to take care of you if you don't understand what I mean it's one side of the fence the other side of the fence sometimes I'm on the desk I'm your person that's advocating for you the other side I'm over on the other side of the desk with the commander and we just ripping that rank off and sticking it up on the wall with everybody else <laughs> well not everybody else all the other rank that was taken off okay so that's you gotta you gotta build a relationship so they understand when you walk out of there right even though you may have had to be on the other side of the fence of taking care of when you walk out of there you say hey look it's not the end of the road now how do we get back to where we need to be at so that you can still get to where you want to go that is a good leader okay so from a managerial standpoint, it's easy to frown upon workplace conversations that have nothing to do with work. After all, what good can come from employees spending valuable work time chatting about a major sporting event or blockbuster film? A lot. However, research suggests that discussing non-work topics offers major advantages. 
That's because it's in personal conversations that we identify shared interests, which foster deeper liking and authentic connections. Yes. Within our study, we found that high-performing team members are significantly more likely to spend time at the office discussing non-work matters with their colleagues, 25% more topics um, that may extend to sports, books, and family. They're also significantly more likely to have met their colleagues for coffee, tea, or an alcoholic beverage over the past six months. Facts. In other words, the best teams aren't more effective because they work all the time. On the contrary, they invest time, they invest time connecting in genuine ways, which yields closer friendships and better teamwork later on. What are we doing right now? This ain't no work time. This is what we're doing. We're building, connecting, creating relationships that are lasting forever. Like if you guys don't realize it, we got a one of our members, Phil, who's not on right now. And he's he wanna be here, he can't be here because other things take precedence. Guess what? We built that relationship. We're gonna come around and surround him and say, you don't get off that easy, but take care of what you gotta take care of, and we'll see you when you get back. <laughs> Shout out to Phil, our brother. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? What y'all got on this one? I got something I need y'all to read. Check this out.
I got mine, but I don't have it on. Uh, yes, I have mine. Yes, yes, yes. That's your uniform. <laughs> That's awesome. shirt for you. It's going to have DD214, but it's going to have uh, Papa Gift logo on there, too. <laughs> We're going to have Coffee Crates and Leadership on the back. <laughs> and hats. And hats. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah? Look, my son just got me one. It's right here. There it goes. Look. So moving forward, how performing teams give and receive appreciation more frequently? I think we were just doing a whole bunch of that. <laughs> a key reason the need for relatedness contributes to better performing at performance at work is that it makes us feel valued, appreciated, and respected by those whose opinion we prize. It's why recognition is often a more powerful motivating force than monetary incentives. Yes. Within our study, members of high-performing teams reported receiving more frequent appreciation at work, both from their colleagues, 72% more, as well their managers, 79% more. Critically, they also reported expressing appreciation to their colleagues, more frequently, 44% more, suggesting that within the best teams, appreciation doesn't flow from the top down. It's a cultural norm that's observable in peer-to-peer -peer interactions. Now, 
Matt, you got a note right here. You want to add it? me of when I read that was do you know imagine the look on your soldiers or your 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 subordinates or your juniors faces when you're in a mass meeting and you recognize them and they were not expecting how they feel when you when you put them in for a, a, a recognition you call them up to the front of formation um you, we get so used to it, but then imagine when you get it. Like, I'm telling you, I, I, we got him on the show today. Um, Lenard, he did that at one of the last events that we had. Uh, Hawaii, our region command team came down. And, you know, we put in for all our people. And then all of a sudden, they called me up to the front. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> what is going on? What are you doing? And I see him in the background just smiling like, I'm like, oh, Lord. We want to recognize Sergeant Gifford for great work, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but it don't have to go hard. It don't have Therefore, it's kind of awkward when it does happen. And so I guess that's a good awkward because you're so unselfish that you're taking care of everybody else have your senior leaders that recognize that okay it's great to get these juniors but we also got to make sure that we recognize our senior leaders as well so i appreciate that um lenard i always remember it i remember how it felt and that's why i always made sure that i did it and continue to do it for my junior enlisted and my NCO.
you did that, you know, um, what you did well on top of what you, you can improve on, right? They go together. Don't just, don't just focus on one because then you're doing what Matt was talking about. I just hit your car and you're saying, hey, you're doing great and wonderful things. <laughs> tell me both. Tell, tell me the full story. And, and you will you will find that your soldiers will appreciate you. Your your subordinates, your junior personnel, will, they will appreciate it more. And you're building that relationship because now they trust you. Uh, this person is telling me the good, the bad, and the ugly. I can trust them. Okay. All right. High performing teams are more authentic at work. Yes, yes, yes. You can when you see this person and you know that's the true person. Within our study, members of high-performing teams were significantly more likely to express positive emotions with their colleagues. They reported being more likely to compliment, joke with, and tease their teammates. In emails, they were more likely to use exclamation points, emojis, and GIFs. Sounds familiar. Interestingly, however, they were also more likely to express negative emotions at work. We found that they were more likely to curse, complain, and express sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm with their teammates. Why would expressing negative emotions at work yield more positive performance? Because you get to be a real person. It's because the alternative to expressing negative emotions is suppressing them. And suppression is cognitively expensive, very expensive. It involves expending valuable cognitive resources, attempting to hide emotions from others, leaving less mental firepower for doing the work. Previous studies have shown that authenticity contributes to workplace well-being and individual performance. Our research suggests it lifts teams' performance as well. Needless to say, there are times when expressing negative emotions at the office isn't helpful or appropriate. What this finding suggests is that to the extent that team members express the psychological safety to express their full range of emotions with their colleagues, overall team performance tend to benefit. I'm gonna drop a pin right there. What's y'all thoughts on this one? I think we should have show on that last uh, section right there. By itself, yeah. round of applause for the uh, best performing uh, briefers at this <laughs> hey hey good job good job you know and they know that you're messing with them you're, you're burning them a little bit they know it um, but then they're able to come back and say hey you know what or what about this one who authorized this person to take leave <laughs> we know who authorized the person to take leave what 
<laughs> Why would you let them take leave knowing that it was an important event <laughs> that you're saying that they need they were needed for? Hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that's that's great. I think we could too, Matt. What y'all got on this, Joe Lenard? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm not trying to go swimming. Stop playing. Stop, hey, 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 congratulations, good job.
I'm not above it. I'm not above it. Go ahead, Dave. literally literally people i would hear him saying this to the soldiers and i'm like yeah if y'all if y'all need to be in front of me that's what y'all need to be (laughs) you should not be back there with him
totally know the difference. You're right. <laughs> Not the tidy heart. Everybody that joined in the middle of the conversation, today we're talking about five things that high-performing teams do differently. And if you're, you're, you're watching just now, go ahead and, and watch the whole thing. Drop a note in there, tell us where you're watching from, and uh, tell us some, have, send us some questions, you know? And some things that we can, uh, we can answer for you if you have any questions. We don't know it all, but we have a a resource and that resource is a group of leaders from a 
a, a serious array of backgrounds that we can get an answer for you. Um, that way you don't have to worry about um, putting your name out there if you don't want to put your name out there. And, and, and the bulk of us are military or ex-military or law enforcement. Um, but our goal is always improving the, the formation, making it better, because we believe that if you make, if we can make the, the unit better, the unit will make the larger, next larger, and next larger organization better. Ultimately, making us the best overall everywhere. And I don't want to just limit us to the U.S. Everywhere, everywhere, anybody, because we got people that watch from overseas as well. So shoot us your messages, your questions, man. This is uh, this is what we do. It's uh, leadership 101, building teams through building relationships. Um, Matt, what's our next topic? While Matt's looking, you're on mute, Matt. start just banging on stuff from a distance <laughs> everybody get up turn the lights on what you got Matt Conversation. Mm. That's gonna be good. I know that's right. Pass the offering plate. <laughs> hey, look, man, we like to have fun. And for y'all that don't know, and if you're watching, uh, hey, look, these are my brothers. Um, some senior, some same peer, some junior. Either way, these are my brothers that I love and I learn from. And uh, if you're watching, um, if you don't recognize our, I mean, if you're listening and you don't recognize our voices, eventually you will because we, we assume that you'll be back and you will send us your questions because we are, this thing is growing and we're going into the, the regular podcasting where it's just going to be audio, but we're still doing our video as well. Um, all right, we're going to close out. We're going to start up top with you, Lenard. What you got? Close us out. What? Mr. Mr. I'm not even going to show it. Resiliency. <laughs> and look, we got some more resiliency people in the building, man. We got got some, some master resiliency trainers in the building. I think all of us are. 
What you got, Joe? What's your closing statements? Matt, give us your closing statements. out with the summary um, in some our studies findings suggest that creating high-performing workplace takes more than simply hiring the right people and arming them with the right tools to do their work it requires creating opportunities for genuine authentic relationships to develop fostering close connections among teammates need not be expensive or time-consuming by incorporating simple evidence-based practices that yield better communication more productive meetings and deeper friendships every workplace has the ability to fuel people's basic psychological need for relatedness and lift team performances again that was uh article by ron friedman and the article was five things that high performing teams do different if you just came in again you can watch it catch it on the replay uh, we appreciate you coming out Remember to like, comment, subscribe, and drop some comments in there. Tell us where you're watching and listening from. On that, it's Saturday. You guys be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week. Peace.